Hey folks and welcome to the Blue Light Podcast. This is the place to be to discover all you need to know about the police recruitment process. I'm Brendan from Blue Light and over the past several years I've been coaching and supporting people for the police recruitment process with a huge amount of success. A good 4,000 plus people are now in the police service as a result of my support, something I'm so, so proud of. So today, what we're going to look at, well, I'm going to take a look at the final interview. If you're applying to join the police in England and Wales, you will have an assessment centre. At the moment, it's the search assessment centre or the day one. Or actually, whilst I'm making this, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm just waiting on the College of Policing launching some information about how they're going to do assessment centres online. Now, that should be interesting. And as soon as I find out more about what that involves, I'll do a podcast for you to give you a heads up about what you should be doing to prepare for it. But let's just take it that we're back to normal, whatever that new normal looks like or feels like. And you're still going to go for a face-to-face final interview, either before or after your assessment centre. Now, I say before because quite a few forces now are doing the interview before the assessment centre phase. And the reason why they're doing this is they want to check that this person is actually worth sending to the assessment centre, investing in them in that way, um, and saving money, actually. They're going to save money that way, uh, and a lot of time and a lot of resources. So quite a few forces are starting to do it the other way around now. So the final interview, what does it involve? Well, do you know, I'm not going to give you a description of what every force final interview looks and feels like, because there's 43 Home Office forces, then there's British Transport Police, Civil Nuclear Constabulary, Ministry of Defence Police, and then we've got the smaller forces that... I hardly ever mention, like, did you know there was actually a cathedral's police service? Uh, York Minster, where we live, we live in York, and uh, York Minster has 12 constables, I think, one sergeant and one inspector, and they're responsible for policing the Minster. Uh, I've I've had a good chat with them, and an interesting role they have indeed. And then you've got things like the Ports Police, but we're going to focus on the bigger forces. So there's well over 40 different versions of an interview, because Every force runs their interview process uniquely to them. And there's so many different variations of how to run a final interview. At this moment in time, because we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of forces are running them online using Skype, uh, or some of them are just using good old phone calls uh, because they'd like to move to something that's a little bit more technologically advanced where they see you, but for whatever reason, they're not there yet. So they're just doing what they can. And a phone call is something they can do. They're doing the interviews via phone call. Now, those will still work, but one of the things that they won't allow you to do is to come across um, and using all of your communication, not just verbal, but your nonverbal as well. So they'll be able to see you. And I think that's the beauty of having something like Skype. But anyway, I'm hoping that you're watching this. Uh, I say watching this because I'm also recording this on YouTube uh, or listening to this on one of the podcasts uh, in the future when we're in a new normal where we can go back to -to face-to-face interviews. So what are they likely to involve? Well, a lot of forces are bound to want to ask you why you want to join the police. You know, if you don't know your why and you're not motivated to want to be a police officer and you're not sure about why you're motivated to be a police officer, then they're going to question whether you are worth investing in. 
So that's invariably the first question. Some forces will say that this question is not being marked. Don't be fooled by that, because the question is being marked. Of course it's being marked. Even if they don't formally mark it, the interviewer is making a decision about you whilst you're talking about your motivation to join the police and that particular force. Now, there's a big difference between the interviewers at a force-based interview and an assessment centre. At the assessment centre, there might be members of the public, could be retired police officers. They will rarely be an operational police officer. Rarely be an operational police officer. When you go for your final interview, or like I said, your pre-assessment centre interview, you're going to be faced with an operational police officer. And the reason why they like to use operational police officers is because there can be no comeback, can there? When operational police officers, inspectors and chief inspectors say, I'm sorry, but the standard and calibre of the recruit just isn't what it should be. Well, it's on them, because they're the ones making the decision about whether you should join the service or not. So the ultimate question that they're asking themselves all the way through the process is, can I see this person working on my team? Can I see this person being a police officer on the division I belong to or the station I belong to or the borough I belong to? And if the answer is no, they're going to find a way to fail you. If the answer is yes, then they're going to go all out to try and support you, help you, do the best they can to get you through the process in a fair and ethical way. But they're going to be more inclined to support you through the interview if they warm to you during that first question. So don't be fooled by this. This question isn't being marked. Oh, yes, it is. So you've got to get this story right. Now, when I'm coaching people for the final interview and indeed on the new course that's coming out this week, the final interview preparation course, which is all online with worksheets, more than several videos to help prepare you for the final interview, I spend a whole module on that exact question and what you need to do to prepare for it. So don't think you can just get away with cliches like, I've always wanted to be a police officer. I just want to help people. I want to give something back into the community. It's a job where two, no two days are the same. Um, it's a job where I can really be stretched and challenge myself and where I feel my values are very much linked to the values of the force. If you come out with cliches like that, they're going to tune out. Uh, they are seriously going to tune out. So you've got to come up with a unique story, which is all about you. And this is where I repeatedly say over and over again on my webinars, on my final interview course, on my coaching sessions, the one-to-one -one coaching sessions I do, that this is the only time during the recruitment process where there's an absolute need for you to be your real, authentic and emotional self. Not just be yourself. You know, you're going to get friends saying, oh, just be yourself, you'll be fine. Well, no, you won't, frankly, because you still need to prepare for this. The hard work is in the rehearsal. The day of your interview, you should have practiced the sort of questions that you're going to get asked over and over and over and over again. Don't just waltz up and think you can wing it because you won't be able to wing it at all. You're going to get asked some very piercing, difficult and challenging questions and your answers are going to have to have depth, breadth and structure to them. You are going to have to be your real authentic and emotional self. Now, at the assessment centre, you can kind of get away with not being your real authentic and emotional self. You can kind of play the game a little bit. And I think that's a great shame. 
and I'm hoping that things will change and they might be more um, desiring of you being your real authentic and emotional self at the interview phase but I just don't think they're quite there yet and I think this is why forces put this separate layer of recruitment on top of the assessment centre I know the College of Policing I think would love it if all you had to do was the assessment centre and then you'd go straight to vetting fitness and medical but forces need to feel the need at this moment in time to get a sense of who you are and get a sense of who the real you is and that's why you've got to have a very strong story a very strong narrative to back up your why why do you want to be a police officer so it's a real tough question it does require work honestly it requires work you can't just wing this one and from there there's a whole raft of different type of types of questions they could go into what are the sort of challenges that this force is facing how are we managing those challenges how will you contribute to supporting us in managing these challenges what values are important to the force what values are important to you then closely followed by if this value is so important to you please can you explain to me and or tell me about a time when you've demonstrated that value uh, what else might you get? You could also get uh, questions which are very behavioural based. So please, can you tell me about a time when you've made a difficult decision that other people didn't agree with? A time when you've worked with others to solve a problem? A time when you've had to manage multiple tasks? A time when you've delivered outstanding customer service? A time when you've challenged inappropriate behaviour? A time when you've managed change or supported other people in managing change? A time when you have supported another person who is vulnerable for whatever reason. Please can you tell me about a time when you've made a mistake? How did you manage that mistake? What did you learn from it? You see, there's a whole range of questions they can ask you and every force is different. Um, let's see what else could they do. Oh yes, they could ask you a little bit about how they operate. So um, what they do to problem solve, what sort of models they use to problem solve, um, how do they work alongside partner agencies? What are the biggest national challenges that the police are facing? Tell me about some of the local challenges we're facing. Um, let's just see, looking at my notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, what sort of... Th th these are so important, these. You've really got to get a feel for these. In your future role, what sort of tasks do you think you'll be carrying out? And here's one that people just do not seem to prepare for at all. What impact do you feel being a police officer is going to have on your personal life now this one is one i'm going to give you a little bit of guidance for because invariably when i ask people this question on in my webinars and one-to-one -one coaching i'll get answers that are correct that will be around things like i'm going to miss parties um i'm going to have to work shifts and may have to work on christmas day i may work uh, late and get home far later than I thought I would so instead of finishing at 11 I finish at 3 yeah great everyone knows that look everyone knows the police work 24-7 and everyone knows that the police work on Christmas Day and on bank holidays they might not know that you're going to get cancelled rest days and they might not know that sometimes your shift that had been planned as a 10 hour one can end up as a 16 or 18 hour shift but that's not what they're really after I think what they're really after here is how being a police officer is going to impact on you on a personal level. It's exactly what the question is asking. Because it's a traumatic role. 
You know, there's some research emerging. Uh, take a look at uh, the website of an organisation called Oscar Kilo. But there's some research emerging which outlines that uh, most people will be... Um, most people will... Uh, experience something like three or four traumatic events in their life when i say trauma i mean people who uh have died or they might have gone through a a very very difficult emotional situation or they might have had some kind of mental health problems three or four um traumatic incidents in their life the research is showing that across a police officer's career, they will experience something like 600-plus traumatic incidents in their life. Over 600. And, do you know, I get that research. Having been a police officer for 28 years, I get that. I, I, can't, even, I can't even remember most of the traumatic events. Times when... I've gone home and I've wanted to cry and I've not known why or I have known why or I've been moody or grumpy or I've just not been myself or I've just wanted to be on my own or I've just wanted to lie down in a dark room. Look, being a police officer is going to impact you on you uh, in ways that you can't even understand until you are in the police service or perhaps you've been in a, in a role where you have experienced traumatic events that you might be able to relate to it but over 600. Oh my goodness. So have a look at the Oscar Kilo website. It's a really good place to discover what's also been done about um, those sort of issues. So th that's the sort of detail they're looking for, folks. They're not just looking for, I'm going to miss my you know birthday parties and stuff like that. And whatever you do, do not say I'm going to lose some of my friends. Because as an interviewer, the first thing I'd be saying is, what sort of friends do you keep if you're going to lose some friends because you're going to join the police? So be careful here, because the people who are interviewing you are operational officers, like I used to be. And even though they've got scripted questions that they should be asking you, they are highly likely to go off-piste and start probing something if they find it particularly interesting or they want to get to the bottom of something that you've just said. And if you say that, you know, it's just going to beg questions. So don't, don't. Um, what else are you going to get? Uh, oh, yes, yeah, strengths-based interviews. Here's another interesting one. North Yorkshire Police are using these. And this is where you need to be a lot more aware of who you are um, and how you exhibit your values and, and how you demonstrate those values. So strength-based interviews. Um, other forces as well will do presentations. Some forces are starting to do mini assessment centres where you'll do a group exercise. Now, these group exercises, no matter what the subject is that they're giving you, will be there to test how you interact with other people and how you go about doing some problem solving. They're going to give you some kind of problem. And as a team, as a group, you need to problem solve your way through it. So this is where models like the National Decision Model will be able to help support you. And of course, things like Kutzer, models like Kutzer that I utilize on my online courses and a lot of you are listening to this and watching this should be very very familiar with Kutzer. you can use that as a model for how you'd manage a uh, conflict type situation uh, when i say conflict i don't mean you know fighting in a pub or anything like that i mean conflict as in um, a member of staff at an imaginary workplace has um, gone off sick because of some argument that they've had at work and they're feeling particularly stressed about it or whatever it is 
you can deal with it either using the national decision model or kudsa more more about that in other podcasts and videos um so what else might they, might they do they could ask for a presentation of you uh, there's a couple of forces out there at this moment in time are asking for presentations where you speak for 10 minutes and in those 10 minutes you've got several questions that you need to answer some of those questions are sort of questions that I've just gone through now, like why do you want to join the police, why this force, the challenges we're facing, what we're doing about those challenges, why is this force different to others? Actually, I'll let you into the secret here. Most forces aren't that different to each other. They all operate to the same legislation. They all police within communities that are pretty much the same, either city or rural, whatever it is. People are still the same. I'll let you into that little secret. So... They're not all that different, but if they're asking for that, then you need to find that out. Um, let's see what else, uh, what other things do they do? Oh, yes, you'll like these. This, These are the sort of future behaviour type questions where they'll give you a conundrum and they'll put you in a position of being a police officer in a year's time and it, then they'll ask you, what would you do? How would you manage this situation? So some, some of the ones I've put my clients through um, when I've done coaching with them have been things like, so you're out on patrol in a year's time with a tutor constable who's got 15 years service. It's incredibly well um, respected. And you go to a fast food place to get your refs. And as you're leaving, as you're picking up your food, you notice that your colleague doesn't pay. He just picks up his order, uh, says thank you, the person behind the counter says, you're welcome, and gives them a little nod, and walks off. And then you go to pay, and they seem a little bit reluctant to take your money. But you give them your money, and they take it, and that's it. You've paid for yours, and your colleague hasn't. How are you going to deal with that? So they're going to test you here about how you would, one, manage the situation, and two whether you are aware of what the Code of Ethics says you should and must do. There's actually no shoulds in the Code of Ethics. It's musts. You must do these things. Um, other situations that may put you in, let's just think of one. Uh, yes, you're in a, a scene of a crime. It's a, a confectionery shop that's been broken into and you're inside the the shop and your colleague picks up a Mars bar or a Snickers or whatever from the counter and starts eating it saying, do you know, we're absolutely starving. We're not going to get away from this crime scene for hours. Um, go on, you have one. What are you going to do? How are you going to manage that? Um, so these are sort of uh, conundrums that they might give you that involve other police officers. Other conundrums they might give you is they just want to test your thought process. So they might talk about an antisocial behaviour case that's involving a family or it's happening outside some shops. And they'll ask you, what sort of things do you think you'd be doing to tackle this kind of problem? So as you can see, folks, there's so many different ways they're going to test your behaviours, either past or future, and your values, your knowledge of the force, your knowledge of what they're doing to tackle issues, how they work alongside partner agencies, what those partner agencies are, how to do community engagement, how to do problem solving. There is so much they could ask you. And don't think that by talking to your mate who's been through the process a few months ago and has told you, yeah, yeah, they didn't say anything at the end of the interview about I couldn't reveal anything, so these are the questions they asked me. Don't think you can prepare and get away with it that way 
because you could turn up for your interview and find that the questions have all changed. Unlike the College of Policing Assessment Centre, forces change the way they do the interviews, sometimes like the wind changes. There's some of the Welsh forces, I, I can't keep up with them. I can't keep up with them. They seem to have settled a little bit now, but there's a certain core of questions that come up all the time. So difficult decisions, working with others, um, managing multiple tasks, uh, things about resilience, challenging inappropriate behaviour, change, supporting others. These are bankers. These are sort of questions that have been cropping up at police interviews forever, ever since I joined in 1985 and all the way through my career for specialist positions and promotion. These are core questions, part of uh, the the core behaviours that you should be able to exhibit. Now, some of you may be listening to this and watching this thinking, oh my goodness, I don't think I can, I'm not prepared for half of all of that. Well, you need to be. You need to be. And actually, someone's just posted on the Facebook group today. Um, and if you're not part of that Facebook group, by the way, which has now hit over 10,000 people. Oh, my goodness. Over 10,000 people in the police recruitment, Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group. It's so worth joining. Um, I'll put a link below uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook or if you're listening to us on the podcast. I shall put a link in the blurb. Uh, click on it, answer the question about why you want to join the group, and it's me that lets you in. Anyway, someone's just posted today that um, they've been looking at questions like this and they just haven't got answers. In their role in in the workplace, the, they pretty much just do what they're asked to do and get on with it. Well, you're not going to get through the final interview. I'll, I'm going to be blunt with you here. You've got to demonstrate that there's something about you. You've got to demonstrate that you're worth investing in because... As well as, you know, taking on the role of, you know, it's one of the most honourable positions in the country. Being a police officer, you're a crown servant. You're a servant of the crown. You have a special place in society. Dealing with an imperfect world on a daily basis, it, it's such an honour that the interviewers are not going to give away these positions lightly. They don't give them away at all, actually. You've got to earn them, and you've got to earn them in this interview. You've got to persuade this operational inspector, chief inspector or superintendent or sometimes sergeants, you've got to persuade them that you are worth investing in because they're going to have you for the rest of your career and that could be over 30 years. And the human cost of picking the wrong person is enormous because you could do untold damage in communities. And the financial cost is huge. Your career, a full career in the police with your pay, your pension and just keeping you out there, what needs to be done just to keep you out there, is going to cost the taxpayer in excess of £2 million. £2 million. This is why you should absolutely prepare for this process and you should be practising on a daily basis. So the sort of structures which I talk about, and I'll talk about more of them in the podcast in the future, but I go into them in a huge amount of detail in this final interview course. The structures to adopt, the sort of things that you should be talking through. I don't give you the answers, by the way. You know, you've got to have had that life experience. And this is where I go back to this chap who's saying, I've not done half these things. Well, get the experience. Push yourself. Drive yourself to... Um, solve problems in the workplace, to take on new responsibilities, to do some volunteering. And I know you may be thinking, I work 40 or 50 hours a week. Well, so do so many other people who volunteer their time for homeless charities on a Friday and Saturday night, or with Samaritans or mental health charities. 
get out there and become part of the community and um, invest in yourself to get the position that you're looking for. The police do not owe you a living. Can I make that clear? They don't owe you a living. You are going to have to demonstrate to them that you are worth investing in. And it's hard and it's tough and it's challenging. And a lot of people don't get through the final interview. And it's a lot of them are good people who've done all the things I talk about. They're just not very good at putting together the answers. And that's why once you've done all of these things, once you've got all of this experience, once you've been that strong character, because the police are looking for strong characters who can stand up for themselves. Yes, they're looking for that. Yeah, they're looking for something else as well. They're looking for the stronger character because the stronger character is the person who stands up for those who can't stand up for themselves. So they're looking for very special people here. They are not going to give away that warrant card to people who haven't worked hard to get it. So there's a lot to play for at this final interview. This It's not quite the final stage because you've still got to get through medical, vetting and fitness. But those are things you can prepare for by just being a good person and not getting into trouble with the police, by being fit and healthy and looking after um, any medical conditions that you may have. Some medical conditions are going to preclude you from joining forever, full stop, but some you can do something about. So focus on that as well. Um, but the, the key thing is this final interview, uh, especially now, because whilst we're going through this COVID-19 pandemic a lot of forces still need to recruit. So they are keenly waiting on what's going to come from the College of Policing in terms of an online assessment centre. And as soon, like I said, as soon as I find out, I will do podcasts, I will do YouTube videos all about what to expect. But they're still doing the final interviews because a lot of things I've talked about, you can still do face-to-face via Skype or via Zoom. You can still do over the phone and they can still ask you all the supplementary questions and they can still probe. It's not quite as ideal as face-to-face, but it will do. It will still get you to the point where you will join and they are still recruiting. They are still having intake. Some forces have backed off a little bit, but a lot of the bigger forces, especially that need police officers, are still recruiting and they're putting in all sorts of ingenious ways of ensuring that you can get through the medical, the fitness. Nottinghamshire Police, who I do a lot of work with, They are asking people not to turn up for the fitness test, but to do the fitness test themselves in some abandoned car park somewhere. And it's not hard, you know, you'd have to work hard to find one of those at the moment. And while socially distancing yourself from a friend or relative or loved one, get them to film you doing the bleep test and send it in. Now, they're not going to test you as a warranted police officer until you've done the fitness test under controlled conditions at that particular constabulary at Knott's Police Headquarters. But the innovation and creativity that's coming out of police recruitment at the moment is as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic. So they're still recruiting. They're still doing the final interviews. Now, more than ever, you need to be in a position to ensure that you're going to succeed. So all the things I've talked about and far, far more. Do not take this lightly. Take action on a daily basis. Writing things down is fine. Writing out the sort of model answers that you're going to give to the sort of questions I've posed during this video stroke podcast, that's all fine. But you can't beat experience. When you write it down, you'll remember 50% of it. If you just read it, you read what you're going to um, 
plan out as an answer you might remember 10 or 20 percent of it if you write it all down and then read it and then write it all down again you're going to remember sort of 50 percent but when you experience it and you practice it and other people are sat in front of you asking you those questions in a 45 minute to hour long dummy interview then that's when you're really going to learn because you can reflect on your performance you can reflect on what went well so you can do more of it you can reflect on what didn't go so well and look at ways to improve this is the only way folks this is what's going to guarantee your success you've got the experience you've got the values you're the right person for the job practice 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 the hard work is in the rehearsal don't let me down on this one folks because otherwise you may find the door gets closed to that particular force and you're busy sniffing around seeing which other force will recruit you well a lot of forces um, will say no to you because you didn't choose them first some forces will say yes because they might be in a position where they're desperate for officers but this is the final part of the game don't drop the ball Anyway, listen, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you've got any suggestions for future podcast subjects, then please do get in touch with me at info at bluelightconsultancy.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the Facebook groups, my services, the online final interview course which is about to be released it's not far off now we're just tidying up the final videos tidying up the website and it's going to be in a position to launch oh my goodness you're going to love this i'm so confident that this will work that for you that if it doesn't and you've done all the worksheets you've done everything i've asked you and you still don't get through your final interview i'll give you a full refund how about that? It's exactly what I offer with my online assessment course. I take the risk out of it because there's no risk at all. Well, there's very little risk. Over the past year, I've given three refunds for my online course to help prepare you for the assessment centre. Just three refunds. So I'm anticipating similar for the final interview course, but I'm giving you a lot more to do. And it's not things to do just so you can jump through a hoop so I don't have to give you your money back. No, seriously, everything on the worksheets is stuff that you absolutely need to do to prepare for this really important stage. Anyway, I shall see you at the next one. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, bye-bye for now. Mm-hmm.